It's time to take a journey to find your courage, break through your limits, and master your destiny. It's time for Ken D. Foster's Voices of Courage. Ken brings you some of the most courageous people on the planet that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. It's time to see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. It's time for Voices of Courage. And here's your host, Ken D. Foster. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. According to writer Joseph Epstein, 81% of Americans feel that they have a book in them and should write it. That's approximately 200 million people who aspire to authorship. So why isn't everybody writing books? What stops authors? Well, find out today. This is your host, Ken D. Foster, and today our show is called The Courage to Write a Book. And there's so many writers in the world. And, you know, where are all you writers? Listen, if you're driving in the car right now or you're listening to me on your podcast somewhere, I want you to think about what's inside of you. Who are you? What's that message that you might have for the world that would actually make a difference? You know, I wrote a book, my first book back in 2004. I kind of had a concept, oh, it'd be really nice to write a book. Uh, I think it might give me credibility as a life coach, a business strategist. People were telling me I could use it as my business card. I thought, well, that's kind of neat. And then I thought, what the heck would I write about? I didn't really know. But I kept asking, what can I write about? And my wife suggested, well, why don't you write about questions? Because you're really good about it, about asking questions. And then I thought about my background. My father was an LAPD uh, uh, detective for 20, uh, excuse me, 48 years. And he knew how to ask questions. In fact, I grew up being the brunt of a lot of his questions because I wasn't necessarily the easiest kid to uh, raise. (laughs) So he would ask me a a lot of questions. And the point is, is I learned about questions. I learned about the power of the mind. So my first book, I thought, well, maybe I have something to say. Maybe I can start to help other people ask questions. But then I thought, well, what kind of questions? Because I didn't want to ask necessarily the questions my dad was asking me, like, where you been? What have you been up to? What's happening in your world? I wanted to ask questions that would really empower people and take their minds on a journey to their own brilliance. And so I wrote a book called Ask and You Will Succeed. It's on Amazon. It's a bestseller. It sold tens of thousands of copies. And um, a lot of people are asking a lot of new questions now. So... That was my experience. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. I didn't know what I was going to write about. I was not a good writer in school. I was a terrible speller. I didn't know anything about writing books. But I had this burning desire inside of me, like the 81% of Americans that feel that they have a book in them. The difference between me and a lot of people is that I thought, well, okay, I'm going to go on this journey. Now, for me... The same thing that may be coming up for you came up for me. I had thoughts and fears such as these. No one cares what I have to say. No one's going to read this book. It's all been said before. I can't write. I can't spell. I don't know the first thing about writing books. I don't know any authors at the time. 
But I didn't let that stop me because there was something deeper inside. And that was the why question. Why would I want to write a book? Why would I want to do this? And for me, I thought I could contribute to other people's lives and help them understand how to use the power of their mind in a greater way to create the success in their life that I'd already created in mine. So that's why I wrote the book. And I have a feeling, the reason I'm saying this to you, I have a feeling some of you listening to me right now have a book inside of you and you've really been on the fence. But why be on the fence? No reason to. In fact, if you're, if you're thinking, man, maybe I'd love to do that, I have a series of classes just for you on writing books. And they're free. Won't cost you a penny. There's no upsells. There's nobody coming in to try to tell you, uh, you know, you're going to have to sign up for this program and that. Nothing. A hundred percent free. All you have to do is go to courage to change.us forward slash invite. Courage to change. You want to change, right? Courage to change.us forward slash invite. If you go there, um, you're going to be able to connect with some of the top authors and book marketers in the world. These are the people that have taught me over my last seven books how to not only write a a book, but also to the business of writing books so that you can write your book and get your message in the world and actually have somebody read it. How cool is that? So back to why I wrote a book and maybe why you are going to write a book. For me, it was a sense of contribution. I felt like I wanted to contribute back to people in the world. Um, it fulfilled a purpose, a sense of purpose inside of me, of, of being able to help other people. And um, it, you know, I say this: books. We don't write books. Books write us. And I say this because books help us understand ourselves. They help us understand our messages. They help us when we write them. If there's a challenge, um, let's say in your in your business, and you're not facing it, I guarantee you'll have the same challenge writing the book. And that challenge will come up, and it'll help you to overcome that if you stick with it because you have a lot of purpose and drive behind writing your book. Most of us do. Um, It will give you credibility in your industry. And most importantly, I believe my books have helped me not only understand myself and get clear with some of my challenges and past programming, but they've also healed my family. And, of course, uh, as a result of all that, I've made a whole bunch of money writing books, which is kind of fun. I don't know about you, but, you know, hey, it's nice to get paid for doing what you love to do. And now I love writing books. Now, I didn't like it in the beginning, by the way. It was, like, tough. It was really hard for me. But I do now. Okay, so where do you start? It's really simple. If you're resonating with this message, start with your vision. Start to imagine yourself with a completed book. What would that feel like? doesn't matter what the title is. doesn't matter what the book content is yet. It's just a place you go, how would I feel writing a book and maybe presenting it to my family or presenting it to uh, a group of people uh, that I'm going to connect with, you know, uh, in front of an audience. Think about that, all right? Next step, if you're really serious, go to Barnes & Noble and look at all the books on the shelves. Take your camera with you and notice the colors that resonate with you of books. Notice the feel of the paper. Notice the font size inside the book. Think about how big your book would be. Will it be a thick book? Will it be a thin book? Will it be a children's book? Will it be a nonfiction, a fiction book? Just go get some ideas. Feel, touch, look, vision what you might have, right? And if you're really, if you're really excited about it, 
The next thing I do is I always create a working title. My first book, the working title was The Wisdom Within. I love that title. I got real attached to it, but then I tested that title and nobody liked it but me. <laughs> Which is why the book uh, was originally uh, uh, finally named "Ask and You Will Receive." Uh, succeed, excuse me. Asking you will succeed. A play on words from the Bible. Asking you will receive. So go ahead and get a working title, and then think about twelve chapters. Think of ch- twelve chapter headings that you might want to write about. It doesn't even have to be twelve. Make it three. But in those three, come up with one story in each of those chapters. And then come up with some benefits, maybe two or three benefits that people will get as a result of reading your book. All right. Those are my best tips for you on reading books. All right. Coming up in my next segment, I have Nancy Erickson. And she is known as the book professor because she helps people who aren't writers become authors of high-impact nonfiction books. How cool is that? We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. The most talented athletes in the world rely on a coach to get better, and the most successful business people do the same. I have found working with Ken D. Foster to be an extraordinary experience. He helped me to expand my vision, increase profits, and showed me the way to have more fulfillment and success in my life. Ken D. Foster is the coach's coach for business and life. He has been nicknamed the coach of the successful and wealthy. Ken is an instrumental part of my team and the success I have generated over the past 12 months. Ken gave me the strategies to increase productivity, reduce turnover, and take my business to the next level. So what's holding you back? Ken D. Foster is a master business coach with proven strategies to dramatically increase efficiency and productivity while maximizing individual development and fulfillment. Explore your possibilities. For a free consultation, log on to KenDFoster.com. That's KenDFoster.com. KenDFoster.com. There comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and reemerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and accredited residential treatment center accepting a variety of health insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760-814-8214. 760-814-8214. Villa Kalima, a place for transformation. We're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. Well, I want to welcome you back, and I want to thank you for tuning into Voices of Courage. If you're new to the show, get ready to see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible, and take your business and life to a completely new level. For those of you that are new, you can find us on the web at voicesofcourage.us or just Google us. Voices of Courage will come up uh, at the top of the search engine. And you can join our insider group and get strategies to take your business and life to uh, great new heights. 
And uh, we have guest giveaways. We have free tickets to seminars and workshops, all kinds of fun things in there. Just, again, go to VoicesOfCourage.us. You can sign up for that. All right, the name of the show, The Courage to Write a Book. And my guest, Nancy Erickson, works with public speakers, coaches, physicians, attorneys, financial planners, small and large business owners, and everyday individuals to translate their unique message into a book that can change the world. She's known as the book professor because she helps people become authors. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. Very good to be here. Wow. You know, you heard at the beginning of the show uh, that 81% of Americans feel that they have a book in them and should write it, about 200 million people. How do people know if they should really write a book? Well, you know, they can kind of, I think they can kind of tell, you know, um, but maybe they just need to get that little push over line. So there's a couple of things that you could think about is number one, you know, have you ever thought about writing a book? And if 81% of people have, that's one of the qualifiers. The other one is like, you know, a lot of times people will come up to you and say, you know, you really ought to write a book. You know, they recognize something in your story and then, you know, the message that you've got that you may not recognize yourself. So that's another way. And then, and then um, of course, there's always that, you know, hidden desire that you've had you know, within yourself. If you find that kind of bur- bubbling up or, or how about if you see somebody else who wrote a book and you feel jealous of that, and, you know, because you get that little nagging feeling that, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time, but I just haven't gotten started on it. Those are those are some good ways to, to indicate whether you're a good candidate to become an author. Well, you know, that, that one piece uh, that, that resonates with me is, is what you just mentioned. You may not recognize yourself. I know when I first started writing books, I didn't know what my voice was. I, I, I mean, yeah. there's a part I could write words, but I didn't have my voice yet. How do you how do mm-hmm. authors get that when they're brand new? How do you help them do that? Well, it's it, it's a process of doing it. Number one, you know, into getting more comfortable in in what your writing style is, and it's always really important to sound like yourself. And so, um, we don't write in a way. It's not like you can actually take your speech and turn it to text, and that can become a book because. Good writing isn't just about writing down the way you talk about things. It's about forming your thoughts. So it's really important to get a structure down before you start going. And you were giving some really good ideas, Ken. But in terms of finding your voice, you almost have to write yourself into it. But it's also also really important to have that encouragement and that um, just the accountability and encouragement along the way that keeps you going so that you get to a point where you're comfortable with Well, it. yeah, and I want to say this, too. I this, I this is book number seven just got completed, and I'm still finding my voice, okay? There's mm-hmm. still there's parts of my voice that are coming out that continue to evolve, continue to grow, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm surprised at some of the things that come out of my pen. Um, I th- so, you and know I'm, what? And if, if, you're, if you're growing, if you're growing, Ken, and hopefully we all are, then your voice will change from book to book because you've learned new things and you've had new experiences. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's that's exactly right. And that was the point, because I think sometimes people don't write books because they're not sure who they are yet or what their message is. And my perfectionism kicked in, I know, in my earlier books, when I'd rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, instead of going find an editor that can look at it professionally and say, oh, this is what you need to change. This, this is really good. Yeah. Next, right? Yeah. Well, there's something else, though, too. And people are thinking, you mentioned this earlier, it's like, who am I to write a book? And that, a lot of people have that feeling because we just live our lives. And to us, that's the way life is. It might be ordinary because that's what we'll, we're familiar with. But the truth is, is that you've been through things and you've learned things, maybe discovered things and, or overcome things. And you have a story. Uh, it might not be about so much about your life as in a memoir, but you have a point of view that's unique. And I know I had a potential writer ask me quite recently about, I, I don't think I'm, I should, I don't know why I would write a book. And I'm like, well, who are you to keep your story to yourself? Mm-hmm. We have so many problems in our world, Ken, that we hardly know how to define them anymore. I, could, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's not going to come from the top down. It's come from the bottom up Heck with, with no. change. Change is happening I when think, each person speaks yep. their truth in the world. That's exactly right. And that's what I think. I think the answers are trapped inside of people who consider themselves ordinary when they actually have an extraordinary point of view or an extraordinary story that can help, you know, offer people what they are looking for, which in many cases is two things, and that would be hope and help. And I think we have a responsibility to do that. And we don't have to make stuff up. It's just, you know, what you were saying is like, you don't, what if you don't know what to write? Well, write what you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you know, here's the, here's the other part. You know, you really touched on that. I mean, how many problems can we write about, right? I mean, you know, There's I grew up, I, 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 there are, I, I think about our school systems right now, okay? I think about, you know, it, I didn't learn anything from zero, I mean, very little. Let me rephrase that. In my grammar school and high school experience, what happened for me is it was it was a plug and play type of experience. I was supposed to plug mm-hmm. into a system that didn't mm-hmm. work at all for me, my personality mm-hmm. and who I was. How many people can write a book about that right now and get that message out in the world because we're still doing it to our kids, right? Right, so, a lot. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just one area. But I mean, politics and religion and and in poverty and you know and capitalism. I mean, there's so many ways that we can write books about. Um, okay, so let me ask yeah, you this. Even okay. Yeah, let me ask you this. What's the first step to developing a professional book product? Well, we I, I like that you started off talking about questions because what we do is we we have a series of foundational questions that we ask our authors to answer, and they're kind of digging deep into themselves a little bit. But it's you know, it take at first they look superficial, but then when you start doing, them, you go, man, I got to really think about this. But the first one is like. Why are you even doing this? What's your purpose? You know, what's your motivation for doing this? Then we say, you know, who's your audience? And it's really important to define your audience, number one, so that you can write to those people. And also you want to be able to find them when your book is finished. And um, another one is how will your audience be changed as a result of taking in your message? And this is what we want to do when we write books. We want people to read them, but we want them to be impacted by them. So would they be moved to some sort of an action, et cetera? 
I am, or will they be changed in the way they are able to communicate with people, whatever the point of your book is. But I don't, I'm not a big advocate of writing a book just to raise awareness. Because I think what happens in those cases is that you read about whatever it is you've written and you think, oh, that's really interesting. Somebody should do something about that. And then then it's, you know, over. But I think we can really, the way, if we are careful about the way we write, we can actually create change in the reader. And so we want to define what that is. I really like that. I really think that that's, uh, that's an important point. Um, I want to uh, let people know how to connect with you. Is uh, thebookprofessor.com, is there any specific uh, area in that uh, bookprofessor.com that you want to direct people? Yeah, you could just, there's a link on the homepage to connect with us, and we'd love to hear from you or send us a note on the contact sheet. If you're thinking about writing a book, we'd love to you know, just talk to you about what our process is. So, um Another thing I wanted to mention too, Ken. Well, I got. I got to take. I got to take a break. When we come back, though, we're going to be talking oh, okay. about. Uh, I want to talk about how to prevent writer's blocks and maybe the process wow. of writing a nonfiction book. So we'll be right back. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life, and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity, or increase your courage, step into your power, and forge into the unknown, where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom, profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit thecouragetochangeeverything.com. That's thecouragetochangeeverything.com. If you, your company, or organization is out to change the world and you need a team that produces results to take your message to the next level, Wasabi Publicity is the perfect fit. Recognized by PR Week and Good Morning America for its innovative business practices, Wasabi Publicity works with companies and individuals committed to doing good in the world. Whether it's creating an engaging website, building a passionate social media tribe, or connecting their clients with top media influencers like Good Morning America, The New York Times, and Oprah. Everything they do is instilled with passion, impact, and brilliance. If you're an author, speaker, or organization committed to changing the world, and you need a partner to support you with PR, your website, or social media, go to wasabipublicity.com. That's wasabipublicity.com to schedule a call with Wasabi CEO, Drew Gerber. We're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. Well, welcome back. Our show today is The Courage to Write a Book. I want to speak to the women that are listening to me right now, especially the women that are in the San Diego area. There's an organization called Women's Wisdom, which has been assisting women business owners to not only grow their businesses, but to grow their lives since 1991. 
Women's Wisdom is San Diego's premier networking group for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. So if you're a woman and you are looking for a tribe to really make a difference in the world, and actually San Diego's great because they have live events, but if you're not in San Diego, you can go to their website and you can see some of their audio programs at womenswisdom.net. Again, womenswisdom.net. encourage you to check them out and connect with them. Also want to thank all of my listeners for tuning in. Again, we picked up a couple new uh, uh, countries last week, Brazil and Argentina. So if you're out there, Brazil and Argentina, let me know. Send us a tweet on uh, Facebook or, or Instagram. Let us know you're alive. We'd appreciate that. Online with me is Nancy Erickson. She is known as the book professor because she helps authors become high-impact nonfiction uh, book authors and write write amazing books. So Nancy, we left it with, how, you know, we're talking about writer's blocks and in the process mm-hmm. of writing the nonfiction book. Can you address both those issues a little bit? Well, I, I have to say that I'm not a big believer in writer's block. I think it's kind of a myth. Um, what it means is that you're sitting there maybe at your computer and you just can't think of what to write. So the way to prevent that is to have a plan. And so we work with our clients to come up with a comprehensive, what we call a book map, which is a visual representation of everything that's going to be in your book. So it's not an outline. It's like a picture of each chapter that you're going to write. And so you have everything in it. You have uh, every, every story you're going to tell, every point you're going to make, et cetera. And so before you sit down to write, and Ken, you alluded to this, you know, is you need to have it somewhat planned out. And otherwise, you will end up with writer's block. Or the other thing is if you just start writing first, a lot of times what happens to people is they get all tangled up. And they're thinking, what was I even trying to say here? So we really advocate for uh, a strong plan before you even sit down to write. Well, boy, I couldn't agree with that mo- you know, more, more uh, Nancy. Listen, I think it's important to have a vision of what you're going to do and in a, uh, a purpose. But listen, if I'd known that to have the plan, and not only just the plan to write the book, but the plan how the how I'm gonna what's the business behind my book? What's I, I mm-hmm. need to know that going into the book because that tells us how we're gonna write the book, what kind of content we're gonna maybe put in the book to drive people to a website or or uh, mm-hmm. some media that uh, we want them to listen to. So that plan is so important. I'm glad that you you do that and. Listen, I, I would never write a book again without a plan. It's It, it makes no sense. Well, I, I think you have had plans for your subsequent books, so that's why they've done so well. Though that's but, that, that's uh, very true. <laughs> that's yeah. true. But one of the things, even before the plan, is that we encourage our authors to come up with a purpose statement for their book. And so basically it's just a one-sentence thing. It's not a big old long paragraph or anything, but it says the purpose of this book is to do this particular thing for this specific audience, period. And then your job becomes to deliver that audience to realize the purpose of the book. And one of the values of having a purpose statement is it helps you to prioritize what's going to be in the book and what's not. Because, you know, you guys, I mean, you know a lot. You can't put everything that you know or every experience you've ever lived into one book. You have to be able to find a way to prioritize that so that your writing is targeted to the message that you're trying to um, communicate to your audience. So 
along with having, you know, uh, the book map and stuff, the purpose statement really helps a lot. So right. we, I believe a lot in a lot of pre-work before you start writing. A uh, couple of quick questions. What do you, how do you, how long should a book be and how long should it take for me to write it? Oh, that's, you know, really good questions, both of those. Whenever somebody asks me how long their book should be, I always answer the same thing. And the answer is not one word longer than it needs to be. I mean, let's face it, we have shorter and shorter attention spans. And good writing is where when you're reading it, you don't even realize you're reading. And that's because they've used the great vocabulary and the economy of words and have taken out a bunch of parenthetical comments, et cetera. You want your reader just to, to zip through your book. I mean, the reading, not to read it necessarily fast, but to move through it at a pace that's comfortable for them. And so uh, a lot of that is uh, happens in the editing. So having a really good editor is important. That's great. And, um, you know, we don't say, okay, I'm going to do a 250-page book. Some of our most successful authors, their book's 150 pages because they said everything they needed to say, and then they stopped, which is good. That's great. Okay, so um, people can get a hold of you at the book doctor, the book professor, the book professor. Com. bookprofessor.com. That's it. And um, uh, I, you know, if you're thinking about writing a book, I really encourage you to connect with Nancy because she will really help you to understand the details of this. Now, listen, we're radio. We don't have a lot of time today, but I do want to say this. Nancy is one of the teachers on the my book marketing uh, masterclass, which is the class I mentioned earlier. It is free. You can go there. Nancy uh, spends a whole hour going into depth around what uh, some of the subjects we talked about because this is multi-layered stuff. So you can find that at uh, couragetochange.us forward slash invite. You are invited. So couragetochange.us forward slash invite and become, uh, you'll get all the teachers that are all teaching you about uh, uh, how to get your book out in the world. But listen, there's nobody like Nancy to teach you how to get started. So I hope they'll listen to that class, Nancy. And I really appreciate having you here. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much, Ken. You're always such a, a, a gentle and kind host. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Well, listen, I have a, another guest in studio. He's sitting here biting at the bit, ready to get in here. So I, I'd like to introduce Dan in this segment. Uh, Dan Shuck is a business consultant, a life coach who helps focus on perspective, stress reduction, and life balance. He's got a 25-year career in financial service and the financial tech industry. Dan has been able to work with many of the country's thought leaders. And in 2018, um, as a result of a mental health-related tragedy in his family, he used his drive and his storytelling abilities to author a book, a powerful book, called Glass Half Question. This book helps raise awareness and motivation for proactive mental health care in the country, Dan, I'm so happy to have you on my show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yes. Tragedy. Yeah. What, what's, I, what's the motivation behind this? Yeah, I kind of had the story about how to accidentally write a book. That's that's kind of what happened to me. I was yeah. I was put I had this content. This uh, I've been focused on this question of it is the question you mentioned the, the list of questions. This is sort of the oldest of all the questions. Is is your glass half empty, half full? It's found in ancient cultures all over the world. People have been kind of wrestling with 
Are, am I a pessimist? Am I an optimist? And I've used that question in my business, with my family, over my whole life to really talk about how do you really look at your life? Is it is is that really the right question? Is it really a, is it really the right way to look at it in terms of a litmus test? Are you one or the other? Or is there some way to find some doubt, balance? Years later, I, I was uh, dating uh, my girlfriend, uh, Jill, and uh, was a Hollywood producer, quite successful. Uh, you probably know her name, right? Yeah, Jill Messick. She produced Mean Girls and a number of big, big things. She was, she was quite successful, but she suffered with bipolar disorder. And so she was having a really tough time. And so um, I was pulling out this content again and saying, I need to sort of share this with her. And I was putting it into a really simple format, just sort of as a, as a one-off gift for her. Um, building just a sort of a scrapbook, and I was putting it in a children's book format just to make this really simple story. You know, we were talking about short attention spans. That's exactly it. This is something that it's kind of a heady topic, but I wanted to put all my thoughts into a shorter form. Jill, uh, before I could give the book to her, hold, she hold hold on. I got to take a break. All right, we're going to come back and finish that story. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. There comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and re-emerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and a accredited residential treatment center accepting a variety of health insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760-814-8214. 760-814-8214. Villa Kalima, a place for transformation. Hi, Ken Foster here. A few of my New York Times best-selling author friends, book marketing strategist and I are going to teach you how to write, market, and launch your book to bestseller status at no cost to you. You're going to learn from the experts that I use, their formulas, their simple steps to make your book a bestseller. You're going to be giving the, we're going to be giving you the cutting-edge social media strategies to launch and relaunch your book, and you're going to be given my best-selling book marketing plan to use for your book campaign. I hope you'll join us in learning how to write and market your book at CourageToChange.us forward slash invite. That's CourageToChange.us forward slash invite. We're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting VoicesOfCourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. All righty, we're back. Title of the show today is Courage to Write Your Book. I'm in studio with Dan Shuck. He's telling us about a, a tragic story of what happened to him, but also some good came out of this. But 
Danny, we're gonna about to tell us what happened uh, that motivated. Yeah, this Yeah, so I was I was I had written this uh, book as a one person gift. This was gonna be this was gonna go to Jill as a Valentine's Day gift. And Jill is your girlfriend. Jill is my girlfriend. Yeah. She was suffering with bipolar disorder and having a really uh, bad time. It was uh, middle of the Harvey Weinstein scandal and everything else, and so she was right in the middle of all that and. And her depression was at, at its height. And so I, I was trying to find a way to get this, this rather complex message in a very simple format to her. So I put it into this children's book format. About a week before Valentine's Day, before I could give it to her, she passed away. She committed suicide. And mm. it was horrible. It was, and I didn't really know what to do. Um, and on all kinds of levels, but of, well, among I, them, I know you've healed from this. But uh, even when you say that, my heart still goes out to I you, my friend. That. Yeah, that, that's it, that's a lot to go through. It was rough, and you never really get over something like that. It's something I sort of live with. Yeah. But the book has really helped me do that. What What I ended up doing then was, uh, so I had written this thing. I had it on my hard drive. I had a had this uh, content, and I was just going to say, well, I'll give this to some of her friends and family. And I found out really how uh, accessible publishing is these days. So the, one of the things to know is that it's much easier. You don't have to find a publisher to, to you know, you can do self-publishing pretty simply. Right. So I was able to get this book out into the world and get it out online. Um, and, and again, it's not, it's not your typical chapter book. It's a children's book format. It's kind of uh, a little similar to the, all the places you'll go, the Dr. Seuss book. It's a little bit like that. It's a, it's a, well, it, it's got a very powerful message in it. And you know it's it's really uh, you know it's pessimism pessimism versus optimism mm-hmm. um, perspective. How, what's your points of view? Uh, it it really can help a person shift really quickly. Which is I, I probably I, I wish you could have given that book to Jill. It, it was it was perfect for her. It, it was really really a lot of the message of the book is that one isn't better than the other. And, and we, we tend to have terms that we use or connotations that go with those terms. So I use a lot of different vocabulary and words in the thing to say, well, you know, is it realism or optimism or what are the things that we're talking about here? One of the big messages, I think, is that the half-empty glass is pretty valuable because that space in the glass, that, that empty space in the glass is the opportunity you need to put more things in the glass or deal with things get put so in the glass. So the book is called Glass Half Question, and people can get it at, at bookstores, uh, Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, uh, pretty much, pretty much anywhere. anywhere. You can walk yeah. into your yep. local bookstore and say, "Hey, I'd like to order glass half question." Um, if the if the glass represents any aspect of your life that's either empty or full, how, how, what talk to me a little bit about this? So what, let's talk about what the concepts are here. Generally, when people ask that, say that question, "Is your glass half empty or half full?" They are talking about your life. Could be your social life. It could be okay. any any aspect of your life. So right. now the question is, what's in the glass? It's not just, is it half full or half empty, but what's actually in that glass? Um, well, you don't always get to control what goes in your glass. You get to pour some of the things that you put into your glass, but a lot of things get put into your glass, disease, challenges, things that come from the outside, those get put into your glass. And so each of us has got to manage our own glass. Um, one of the things to consider about that is a very empty glass. Obviously, a very empty glass is not good. Having nothing in your glass, that's something we all have to deal with. Um, but a very full glass is also not so good. There's no room in that glass. There's a lot of risk in that in that glass. When you have a very very full glass, it's going to overflow. You don't have. It's much harder to manage. Much easier to spill. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. the concept of really finding balance and saying, well, there is a place to have some emptiness in you know in my glass. I want to have some space in my glass to deal with. Uh, yeah, okay, so things. the glass representing life. So let me ask you this: um, um, Do I have control over what I pour in my glass, or you know, I mean, it seems to me sometimes people are coming by and trying to pour stuff in my glass that I don't necessarily want. 
you have some control over what you pour into your glass, but mm -hmm. not everything that gets poured into your glass. Mm -hmm. You have some ability of what you pour into other people's glasses. So people get to put things into each other's lives, challenges, the, and positive love and hate, all of those kinds of things. Um, so really thinking about what you put into other people's glass and how that reciprocates and what that pours into yours is a, is a part of how you manage it. But I get to manage it. So mm -hmm. that's what we're saying. You know, and there is a piece where sometimes, you know, we all feel overwhelmed. We all have a place of stressed out or a place of, I, I don't, I can't do this anymore. And we feel like we can't manage our glass or our life. Mm -hmm. How does this book help people get back into themselves? A lot of it is really just that using perspective. Some of it is, hey, do I need to pour something out? Do I want to drink? You know, that that's the question. But some of it also is just looking at that glass and saying, is there really anything wrong here? Is it is it a bad thing what I've got in my glass? Is it a bad thing the amount that I've got in my glass? Is it a bad thing the space that I've got in the glass, that empty space? Do I that, have the right know, amount? That's a real important question. Think about that. Um, somebody touches your arm and somebody says, oh, you shouldn't have touched me that way. Maybe, maybe not. Somebody touches your, your, your fingernail and you think, oh, oh, you, you notice your fingernail now and you think, oh, oh, I, gosh, I wish my, my nails were longer. I mean, you, we have all these judgments, these points of view. Uh, how does the book help people sort out their judgments and their points of view so that they may have a clearer picture of, of what's working or what's not for them? What, what the book is doing is it sort of uh, challenges you to think uh, differently, to use perspective to say, what if I thought about this a different way? What if I looked at this glass from an, another perspective? And there's lots of ways. It's not just Can you questions. give me an example of that? Yeah. An example of that would be uh, when I'm looking at my that space in the glass, when I'm looking at, at having not enough in my glass, right. that can be a very negative connotation. We can feel like, oh, I don't have what I yeah, need. I don't in have my the glass. relationship in my life. I don't have. Um, the right car, I don't have the right house, I don't have the right spiritual practice, whatever it is. Yep. When you're looking at that, you know, then you've got some choices to make. Do I need to uh, pour something else in my glass? Do I need to get something in there to make up that space? Or do I need to actually get rid of something in my glass? Do I need to make room in my glass, pour something out to make space for the thing that I, that I need? So it kind of gives you that uh, perspective tools to be able to look at it. Um, it's not a book that gives you a lot of techniques. It's a lot of books that gives you... Uh, more uh, concepts to work with, um, and then I'm I've been following up those those techniques, you know, in sort of post interviews and things like this after the fact. That's uh, good. Well, you know, um, you you went through the ultimate tragedy, losing your your soon to be wife. Mm -hmm. um, how you know you you had to change your points of view, I guess, to be able to deal with this in in ways that would be healthy um, for yourself and for your family. Um, how does how can the book help other people that are going through, um, not not just life issues but maybe deeper issues? Because I know that you know you originally wrote that for that this is the motivation behind it. Yeah, and really the motivation was to give Jill or really anyone else. I mean, in the past it was my team, my the people that work for me, and at times it's been my children. You know, as a bedtime story. So it's really to give people um, that challenge to to ask that question, um, mm -hmm. you know, carefully about what. What can I do differently with my glass? What, how can I look at what's in my glass differently? Um, you know, using a little bit of humor. How do I look at my, my glass with a little bit of humor? Mm -hmm. um, how, do I, how do I look at the seriousness of my glass being too empty and the seriousness of my glass being too full? Some of those kinds of things. It's really uh, sort of taking that one fundamental ancient question and expanding it out to saying, well, what else can I learn from this question? You know, one of the things I love about your book is that it is written in a children's book format. Um, and 
I don't know about you, but so many of us are so serious about everything all the time. And it's nice to pick up something that feels like it's childlike. Uh, child, you know, that The childlike meaning that joy we experienced when we were children, when everything wasn't so heavy. This seems like a light book with a with a deep message. That's that's kind of it, and it's it's the kind of book you could actually get out a crayon and start drawing in and circling the words that you like and using those kinds of things. It's really it really is uh, sort of taking us back to that childlike innocence and and how we think about things. That's you need that skill too to to really uh, do this. And you know the other thing I, I enjoy about the book is that it it um, it brings consciousness to an unconscious world. In other words, all of us sometimes are are aware of what's going on in our life, and sometimes we're just caught up in the stream of life. And this book gives you pause to step out of yourself for a moment, out of your life, and really question some of the things that are that are going into your glass. Or maybe you need to take out of it. So I love it. We, you can get this at bookstores across the nation. A Glass Half Empty or Half Full by Dan Shuck. We'll be right back. Dan's going to stay with me in studio. We've got a lot more questions to ask him about diving deep into, the, into our lives. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom, profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit thecouragetochangeeverything.com. That's thecouragetochangeeverything.com. If you're an author, speaker, or organization committed to changing the world and you need a partner to support you with PR, your website, or social media, Wasabi Publicity is the perfect fit. Wasabi Publicity works with companies and individuals committed to doing good in the world. Everything they do is instilled with passion, impact, and brilliance. Go to wasabipublicity.com. That's wasabipublicity.com to schedule a call with Wasabi CEO, Drew Gerber. Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. Well, we're back, and today our show is called The Courage to Write a Book. I'm in studio with Dan Shuck. Before I get to Dan, I want to let you know that we're always interested in what you have to say. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or send us your questions and comments to viewer at voicesofcourage.us, viewer, V-I-E-W-E-R, at voicesofcourage.us. And by the way, you can find all the recordings of the show right there at voicesofcourage.us. Dan, you and I are talking about your uh, book, and it's uh, an amazing book. It's called Glass Half Empty or Half Full. 
and people can get it on uh, Amazon or at bookstores across the nation. I have a question. Why did you write it as a children's book for grown-ups? Well, for a couple of reasons. Um, I wanted this to be something that you could get and understand quickly. I've always enjoyed these kinds of simpler books, Who Moved My Cheese, Don't Smell Small Stuff, some of these simpler books that you can get to. Um, and even, you know, like I mentioned before, some of the Dr. Seuss kind of books and things like that that have important topics, right. but keep it really light. So I was kind of modeling it after that. Right. But the other thing is trying to make this something that will uh, appeal to a particular audience. We've talked about how people have shorter attention spans than ever. A lot of people who need this information aren't going to read, I mean, no offense, but no one's going to read some of these long 12-chapter books. They, there just are a lot of people who... Uh, you know, we'll only get this. So this makes a good gift book in that way. People can look at it and say, oh, this would be good for Joey or Susie or whoever could, you know, get this information quickly without being a big, here's a job. I think that's such an important point. You know, we're in such a fast paced society today and people are, um, you know, they just don't have time to read that book from cover to cover, um, which is one of the reasons I wrote my book the way I did, Courage to Change Everything, Daily Strategies and Essential Wisdom to Awaken Your Inner Genius, because it's a daily step-by-step -step drip of astute wisdom, courageous quotes, and a direct uh, focused direction for individuals. So we drip on the mind every single day. This is a lot like your book. You can go visit that book and get you can you can actually go to the library today and read the book. Yep. And in what in about an hour maybe less than that. Less ten than minutes that. probably. Ten, it's ten, pretty pretty minutes. quick. It's pretty short. Well, book, yeah. the book is quick, but the, there is a catch to that. There are some deep questions. Yes, in there. right. A lot to think about. <laughs> there is a lot to think about. All right. Let you know what I, since we're talking about writing books, and you're you're a, a prime candidate to talk to my audience about your process in writing your book. Um, let's talk about that. You know, when you first started, um, it was, you know, you had a passion and purpose. Um, some of the wins are along the way and some of the challenges that you might uh, direct for other authors that might be listening to For sure. Um, one, a couple of things that, you know, as I said, I, I kind of had the content already, but I didn't have the format of it down yet. Right. So as I said, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this and put it into something that I'm not just going to give to one person, but try to publish. I had to think about all of the nuances of actually book production and some of those kinds of things. How is this going to look? How is this going to fit? How do you know? It's not exactly in my case, it wasn't chapters, but it was a little bit of, you know, how do you format a children's book? How do you make that look that way? Right. Um, what I immediately found out as soon as I got to publishing it is you can't just be an author. You also have to be a book marketer, an independent author, especially. You've got to be have a plan for how you're going to take this out to market. And, and that, that scares a lot of people, I think. Um, you know, it can. It right? can. I think the I think the trick, the thing, if I was to give any advice, and I wish I could have gone back to tell myself this advice, is to have that plan before you before you get out there. You know, right. so so it really is a matter. It doesn't have to be a very complex plan, but but immediately I found, boy, I, I well, how am I going to get this into bookstores, and what does a book signing look like, and how do I, you know, how do I get this on Amazon, and all those kinds of things. So there was a little bit of hurry up to catch up. Um, I think, you know, courses like the one you're describing that can help authors think about this. There's, there are so many resources I found out. There are the there are resources, and that's uh, you know if uh, the, if you're just tuning into the show, I I gave um, uh, a, a website that you can go to. Uh, it's actually I br uh, bringing in several uh, best-selling authors and individuals who have experience in writing books to help you uh, be able to develop that plan and to develop your. Uh, your writing style, and you can get that at uh, courage2change.us forward slash invite. Uh, courage2change.us forward slash invite. <clears throat> there, there's no cost to this. This is something I'm doing for my audience. Um, so I hope you'll check it out. 
Okay, Dan, other other things that people might come across when they're writing books that you came across? That, uh, there's so many, I'm sure. There are. You know, one of them is that there isn't a wrong book or a wrong answer, and, and there are going to be people that tell you that, that, tell you that it is wrong. You didn't write the right book. You didn't do the right thing. There is, um, you know, there is a little bit of courage to say, listen, this is my book. This represents me. It's in the format that I want. Um it may not. It may not look like everyone else's book. It may not be. But you know that having that sort of uh, fortitude, uh, I think, is important to to get it out to really be able to have your own voice. You don't want to write someone else's book. You really want to write your own. Yeah. You know, I I think there's a process too. It's like you go from a place of being uh, of concept of uh, well, I could write to becoming a writer to become a a uh, becoming an author. Okay. There's a, there's a process in the mind that we have to go through. Um, did you experience that? Yeah, I did. You know, one of those things that when you go from that writer to author, the author part of it turns the conversation two ways, especially today with social media and everything else. What I found is I spend way more time talking to people about my book. You know, people have questions for me. And so there's this whole thing that once, once you're an author and the book is out in the world, um, you know, I didn't realize or had, hadn't really thought, oh, I'm going to have to think about my whole ability to start coaching people and talking to people about this. It isn't just about reading the book. It's a sort of about living with that content and being part of the journey with with the readers. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that we have to have almost an unstoppable mindset when we take on something new. And what I mean by that, unstoppable more, means more of a commitment to me than anything. It's that commitment to do every single day or every other day, you're moving towards that goal of writing your book, of getting it in the right. Room. Is that what you did? Is that kind of how what happened for you? You made a commitment and you're, you're just doing what it needs. Yeah, in my case, uh, what happened, you know, again, I was in the throes of a tragedy. And, and so this was really my coping mechanism. So I turned back to working on this as a way to sort of focus my energies, you know, yeah. and get on something. So it was helpful there. What I found, so writing the book wasn't the hard part. That, that getting it actually written, you know, especially because I chose a fairly simple format. Right, um, right. But getting it out there and getting it published and, and you keeping it, keeping it, you know, it's a book is no good if you can't sell it. Right. Well, so. and, and I like that because that's part of your plan. You know, my plan is for the next two years or more, but two years for sure, I'm out marketing. I'm talking about it. I'm, I'm getting reviews on my mm-hmm. latest book. I'm out there on radio shows and TV and the internet and I uh, Facebook and YouTube and wherever I'm just, you know, but here's the key for me. It's got to be some fun, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I won't get a little afraid being on uh, Good Morning America, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, or The View. But you know what? It's okay because there's that's where we stretch, that's where we grow, and I thrive on that. I think a lot of us do. Yep. Yeah. So uh, tips that you might have, uh, kind of final thoughts uh, to kind of wrap this up. You know, real, real I- quick. Real quick, my, my, my tips would be, you know, to really think about more than just writing the book. It's really about being an author. So what's your social media campaign? Uh, you know, what's your uh, distribution? Can- all those kinds of things. So being an author is more than just being the writer part of it. So just sort of research and find out more about that. I love it. Okay. Well, listen, that's it for our show. It's all the time we have. So uh, I hope uh, you've enjoyed this show. I hope you'll check out my latest book at what uh, CourageToChange.us. And uh, I hope you'll tell your friends about this uh, show because, you know, hey, what are we doing here? We're all here to inspire, encourage, and help each other to make our lives better. Well, that's what this show is all about. So I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope you tell your friends. Take care. Till next time. 
Thanks for joining us for Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And we're always interested in what you have to say. So follow Ken on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or email your questions and comments to viewer at voicesofcourage.us. Also, you can find all of Ken's previous shows by visiting voicesofcourage.us. Be sure to join us next time as Ken brings more stories of courage that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. Until next time, live courageously and see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. This has been Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster.